I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want everyone to remember, bacon makes everything better. Our next guest is relatively new to the great state of North Carolina, but in just his first 10 months here, he and his High Point University basketball program are leaving a truly amazing impression, and his personal story is a fascinating one we hope to learn more about today. Alan Huss was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, and he became a high school basketball star who eventually grew to six foot nine and 250 pounds. At the college level, he played for legendary coach Dana Altman at Creighton University in Nebraska, where he was a two-year starter who often set screens for, among others, teammate Kyle Korver, one of the great shooters in basketball history. After college, Allen definitely did not initially dream of becoming a coach at any level. Yet here he is, thriving as a first-time college head coach after working the last six seasons as an assistant at Creighton under the well-known coach Greg McDermott. Right now, among 362 Division I men's basketball programs in America, only nine are undefeated in conference play, and Coach Huss's High Point Panthers are one of those nine. They're 18-4 overall, 7-0 in the Big South Conference, as they pursue what would be the first NCAA tournament appearance in their 25-year history as a Division I program. Coach Alan Huss, welcome to the David Glenn Show and the North Carolina Sports Network. How are you, Coach? I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me and you said a lot of nice things, most of which are true. <laughs> Thank you. We try. Before we get to basketball, when you're born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, famous for, among other things, tomato-based barbecue, and you end up here in North Carolina where we're very proud of the Eastern style and the Western style barbecue, you're basically required to chime in on that topic. So what's your preference? So I wasn't actually born in Kansas City. I did spend, you know, six and a half years there all the way through my high school years. Uh, but I, I do understand good barbecue. Uh, and if anyone from Kansas City is listening to me, they won't like my answer. But I love the uh, I love the North Carolina style barbecue sauce. I think we have some of the best places on the planet in Kansas City. But the sauce just in general, uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't get any better than what we do down here. Are you more of the vinegar Eastern style guy? Yes. Love the vinegar stuff. I just think it's got a, a nice tang to it. As a transplant myself, I'm on team vinegar as well. Our visit today happens to coincide with yet another Super Bowl trip for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you mentioned you weren't there forever, but as a young athlete, were you a fan of the Chiefs in football, maybe the Royals in Major League Baseball? And how will the Huss family handle Super Bowl Sunday there in High Point? My uh, yeah, my my dad's work. We had season tickets through there when I was in Kansas City, right there in uh, section one thirty six. So yeah, I know the I know the uh, I know Arrowhead very well, and I'm a. If, if there's one team I get into outside of our own, it's the Chiefs. We we definitely plan our Sundays, whatever they whatever we've got from a team standpoint around uh, around Kansas City Chiefs football games. So we'll definitely be watching my dad, my brothers. Uh, a lot of friends from home, few group messages I'm a part of, but uh, it'll be a it'll be a lot of fun, uh, you know, come Super Bowl time. And what an unbelievable run to watch these guys and, you know, the, the defense, especially this year. I won't get too far into Kansas City Chiefs football because I can go all day. 
<laughs> well, as a coach, you've become known as an outstanding recruiter going back to your time as a very prominent high school coach for many years, then as a college assistant at New Mexico, and we mentioned Creighton. You met your wife, Katie, while you were both students at Creighton. So we have to know, did you recruit Katie or did she recruit you? She would tell you that uh, that I recruited her, but that is not a, not at all what really happened. <laughs> in, in, in order to make sure I don't make her mad, I'll say I recruited her. <laughs> uh, she has been with you through some ups and downs. What is the role of a coach's wife, including, for example, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but there was a crazy time last March where you had to say to your wife and two girls, hey, we're moving to a city that we have never visited and I'm working for a university that I have never visited. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some blind faith involved when you when you decide to be a coach's wife. And in her defense, when, when she decided to marry me, I had zero desire to coach. We'd never even been in a conversation. We'd never mentioned it. You know, I was I was making my way through the end of my playing career, and I had been riddled with injuries. And you you start when you're dealing with the number of injuries that I I have, you, and just habitually poor knees. Uh, in particular, it's 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 challenging to to be able to separate the pain of injuries from, you know, kind of the the, the basketball piece of it. So it all just kind of got morphed into one when you're spending an extra ninety minutes over there every day trying to figure out how to way to get on the practice floor, but when I was done, I was done. I had no real desire to to coach, and so my my wife did not sign up for this. <laughs> That's just my point in saying all this. So uh, she is she is a, a an angel for many reasons, but uh, probably above all else, the the fact that she's jumped into this and she's run and we've been in multiple states, every every geographic region at this point, and. Uh, you know, she just keeps everything moving ahead, and you know, of course, now I've got two teenage daughters that, uh, just like my wife, tell me I'm wrong all the time. So it's nice I get to coach every now and then, and you know, every once in a while, somebody listens to me when I'm doing this. That never happens at home. <laughs> High point coach Alan Hust is joining us on the David Glenn Show. I want you to take us back to that, coach, because I do think on a human level, one of the most fascinating parts of your story is that you gradually equated. You, the, the love of your life beyond your wife basketball with physical pain. And, and I've read about those knee surgeries, the shoulder problems. I know in other ways, it's not easy to be six foot nine, et cetera. What can you tell us about the kinds of work you were doing in your early twenties before you had this coaching dream? Um, and, and did the real world push you back toward basketball in any way? Or was there just something you craved about the basketball culture or environment after those couple of years? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I just started. Uh, I, I started off as a volunteer freshman high school basketball coach, just on the side of a, a, a friend of mine, Jeremy Moore, who was the head basketball coach at Eisenhower High School in Decatur, Illinois, where I was living at the time. Uh, I was just working a regular job, and um, you know, running at that point a family business. You know, before that. Uh, I worked in kind of in sales and marketing consulting business. And, uh, you know, I was in a nice place. I had a, we had a good business and, uh, you know, life was pretty easy. And the basketball piece just kind of found me. I was walking uh, through kind of a town festival, if you will, the Decatur celebration, ran into Jeremy Moore and his wife with uh, me and my wife. When we were walking, we started talking a little bit and somehow that turned into me being the freshman coach. And, you know, from that point on, uh, 
I think I realized I had a, a bug. I mean, I, I really enjoyed coaching the freshmen and then I would be a varsity assistant, uh, you know, at the same time. And then that just led into more and more opportunities. And, you know, it's interesting. I, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that talk about networking and doing all the different things that you do to kind of move up in our business. But I think the, the interesting part, if there is one of, of my, you know, simple story is just that, like, I just, I never wanted to be a college coach necessarily. I just wanted to be a high school coach. I didn't even really want to be one of those, but then I kind of, once I got into it, I was like, man, this is a lot of fun. Coach talented players, help them get to the next level, teach them some things, uh, you know, that they maybe wouldn't otherwise learn that, someone my experience can give them uh, just having been where they all kind of wanted to go. Uh, and then, you know, the, the college stuff, Craig Neal found me at, at, at Lalamere and there were a number, number of people that asked me when I was there, if I wanted to, if I wanted to coach in college and I wasn't going to go unless there was the right situation. And fortunately there was, I mean, there was somebody willing to, uh, you know, make a bet on me. And, and, and so it's just kind of one thing after another, just the way basketball has taken our lives over and provided us so much and so many different opportunities and relationships and all the things it's been, it's been an unbelievable ride. It is a wonderful story. And that starting point you mentioned as the volunteer coach is roughly 20 years ago now. So, so it's just crazy that you're the coach of this 18 and four team in division one, 20 years after being a volunteer coach of freshman. I am not proud of this when I share it, coach, but I was such an intense youth soccer coach at times that I once got ejected from a game in front of my wife, my children, and some family friends. Going back to your coaching the eighth or the, uh, the freshman in high school, I have read, and you've kind of implied here, that you treated that high school freshman coaching assignment as if you were the head coach at Duke or Carolina leading a team to the Final Four. I don't know if you were nice to the refs or not, but why was your approach so detailed and intense, even with those 14-year-old boys? I didn't know any better. <laughs> I mean, just, I, I was really fortunate to have great coaches growing up at the high school level, uh, both in basketball and in football, uh, guys that, that you know, you learn just a little something from everyone you play for. Uh, and then when I got to college and played for Coach Altman, he just kind of had no off switch. Uh, you know, and, and I watched the way that he and his staff, uh, you know, the way they attack things, I just didn't know any other way. So, uh, you know, I, I, I look back on it now and it's probably a little bit funny. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if you ask some of the guys that played for me, my intensity level, uh, you know, was a lot, it was definitely a lot for a few of those officials. Uh, there, there was, there was a lot of intensity for, for some of the players that didn't take it super seriously, but I, I attribute a lot of my, uh, you know, my kind of moving towards basketball to that first group of players we had at Eisenhower. You know, we were a, a school there, a public school that didn't have much tradition, and we ended up with a handful of guys that played Division One basketball and some a bunch of other guys that played Division Two and uh, NAI and different levels of basketball. But just a really hungry group of kids that really I don't I don't know throughout all my journeys if I've ever had a group as hungry as that group. They didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. And we were just kind of ripping and running, trying to figure it out together. And it was a, it was really a marriage uh, that worked uh, because of our mutual desire for more. Uh, you know, and I, I, I sit back and I laugh and I, I'm kind of always chasing every group. I feel like to find another group that had hunger like that very first group, uh, you know, that, that I had at, at Eisenhower that I was fortunate to work with because those guys really set the, 
standard for you know what they wanted there was just i couldn't every time i came up with something else to do they wanted that plus something else <laughs> it sounds like a fun story and and coach huss is in the midst of another fun story at high point as we speak the panthers are 18 and 4 and atop their conference as they continue regular season conference play you mentioned playing for dana altman at creighton that guy has like 750 career wins and might end up in the the college basketball hall of fame there in kansas city Another coach that college hoops fans have come to know pretty well, Greg McDermott of Creighton, is the guy who brought you back to your alma mater as an assistant coach back in 2017. I have heard you rave about a man you call Coach Mack as a human being, just for how he treats people, whether or not that person can do something for Coach Mack. And I've also heard you discuss this sort of relentless commitment to the process. Can you elaborate on those things or anything else that may come to mind regarding a person and a mentor that you obviously hold in extremely high regard? Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing because when you you look at kind of the two main basketball mentors I had, Coach Altman as a player and then Coach Mack as a as a, as a coach, you look at those two guys and and there are so many things they do drastically, you know, that, that are just drastically different. Uh, in their approach, uh, in their intensity level, Coach Mack is very laid back, and Coach Altman is not. He's 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 super super intense, uh, you know, and and everything is that way. And but they're the common denominator, and that's what you start studying when you have an opportunity. I think to work for so many different peoples, different leadership styles, different methodologies, all the different things that are involved. But you start to search for common denominators, and and for me that's the number one thing is like all right let's make the baseline how do we treat people that can't help us you know and that's that's the one thing that those two guys more so than anything else they treat people the right way you know it doesn't matter who it is and it doesn't matter what they can do for them but they they do exactly that and i think when you make that your base uh you know just kind of treating human beings the right way then you know you build up goodwill uh, in this business. And, and sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know, it's hard because there's different things that happen that upset you along the way, but just building up goodwill with whether it's internal people at your organization where you're coaching or whether it's people within the, uh, within the industry, within the coaching business, trying to build up goodwill. And I think both those guys have done just a superb job of that throughout their careers. And really that's the, you know, forget how they, how they coach and stylistically and, you know, systematically just look at that piece of it. And to me, that was the one thing that, you know, you could take from both of them was, all right, if you make that your baseline and kind of build out from there, you've got a really sound base. Hey folks, David Glenn, right here in Raleigh, one of my favorite restaurants for many years has been The Oak, Scratch Kitchen and Bourbon Bar. It's located on Lake Boone Trail, which happens to be a perfect location for a great meal and beverage. If you're on your way to nearby Carter Finley Stadium, or perhaps PNC Arena for a concert, Wolfpack or Hurricanes game, or other event. The menu is incredibly tasty and creative. The atmosphere is a lot of fun. The bourbon options are as high-end and varied as you'll find anywhere. The staff is super classy and first-rate, and I've just always loved the people, the food, and the overall vibe there. When I took Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon to lunch, yes, meaning the billionaire who owns the hockey team, I took him to the Oak. Seriously, it's that good. Learn more or make a reservation by 
by visiting their website, theoakrally.com. That's theoakrally.com. Special thanks to Nick and Haley and their team for joining the family here at the David Glenn Show and the new North Carolina Sports Network. A little bit less than a year ago, March 2023, you were laser focused on what became actually one of the best seasons and the longest NCAA tournament run in the history of a proud Creighton basketball program. You guys go all the way to the Elite Eight. I can I don't know you well yet, but I cannot imagine your personality with that intensity and that drive and attention to detail at the same time over two or three weeks as you're helping the Blue Jays to that great success. High Point reaches out. You interview for the job, and fast forward, you get the job offer, obviously, and you say yes. What can you say almost a year later about how you handled both an enormous, important career decision for yourself and your family while simultaneously immersing yourself in Creighton's run to the to the Elite Eight? Well, fortunately, it didn't get really serious until kind of the, the day of our Sweet 16 game with Princeton. Uh, you know, so I really wasn't focused on it prior to that. You know, they reached out just prior to the Big East tournament. We had had a couple of uh, conversations, but you know, nothing that nothing that had me super uh, excited or worried or, or or even remotely concerned that potentially I'd get on a plane to Louisville, Kentucky for the Sweet 16, and I wouldn't go back to Omaha for a few months like that. That was not in my head. So, you know, the the focus was certainly on Creighton down the stretch and. You know, we compartmentalized, uh, you know, all of our scouting there. So my only responsibility there was offense. Uh, and fortunately, uh, by the time I knew that was going on, we were getting ready to play a San Diego State team uh, that we had not only played the year before, but I had you know, been in the league and Coach Dutcher and, and you know, before that, Coach Fisher, the system hadn't changed. I knew exactly what they were going to do. Uh, you know, I had to still perform a few, you know, watch some of the film and look for trends and things. But for the most part, overall, it was a pretty easy prep. Uh, not easy to play against, but uh, you know, we, we've I've known what they have done for years, and they haven't changed it. They're just so darn good at it, you can't score on it anyway. So, uh, so it was interesting. It was certainly uh, it was a three or four days there through the end of the our, our run in Louisville, you know, all the way up to the press conference here. It was a challenge uh, to to try to juggle everything and. Uh, not the least of which was the emotion of a wife and, you know, two teenage daughters who just had their world turned upside down. So it was a challenge, but, uh, you know, for me, it's not all that challenging because it was just, there was so much excitement involved, so much new involved, so many new things to do. And it was the old drinking out of a fire hose deal. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to, you know, sit there and, and, and really reminisce about a great system, you know, season that we had at Creighton or, you know, think about emotions or any of that. I just had to kind of, you know, keep my keep my mouth on the fire hose and just continue to drink and try not to drown. What's the best way to describe why you felt good about taking a job at a university in a campus you had never had time to even visit and in a faraway city and state, uh, the city you had never visited? I know you had been to North Carolina and other contexts, but uh, it's it's unusual even in today's Zoom style world that you would end up making such a huge commitment under those circumstances. You know, I was fortunate that I I had had a colleague in the in the past kind of opened my eyes to High Point and what they had going on. This was prior to the Cabane Center or Cabane Arena even being opened. Um, 
you know, so I was, I was aware uh, of kind of what, what was going on, uh, you know, just in, you know, in very general terms, uh, I knew that the place had an unbelievable reputation and was building. And uh, I had heard, you know, just in, in passing kind of about Dr. Cobain. So I, I knew a little bit, uh, you know, which got me going. But, you know, as I, as I, as I had a chance to kind of dig deeper, uh, you know, and, and, and wrap my mind around some of the facilities, just at least, you know, via, via computer screen, some of the facilities, some of the programs, I was like, wow, this is really number one, different. And then number two, interesting, you know, and I think so I, I, that part of it, my mind was wrapped around it. And I had told my wife that I said, you know, if these people are interested, like this is one that's going to go the distance. Like I, this won't be me dropping out. Uh, so when I, when I had the opportunity to have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation with Dan Hauser, our director of, of athletics, and then with that, with Dr. Cobain, I got off the call immediately and said to my, I was in one side of a suite. My wife was in the other one at the hotel in Louisville. We're getting ready to leave for shoot around. I went to her and said to her right then and there, I said, if they offer me the job, I'm taking it because I sensed the alignment. And that's probably the number one word. But when you feel alignment from top of the university through the director of athletics, you know, you're like, okay, wow, they're, they're truly aligned. They know what they want. Uh, you know, we talked about some of the shortcomings. We talked about some of the challenges, but they were clearly, you know, pragmatic. They were, they, they had an unbelievable sense of what they are and what they aren't, what they wanted. And, and it just, it aligned with the vision that, that, that I had. I'd spent so much time in private education, first at the high school level, and then, you know, then at Creighton. And I just thought so many of those same things that were there when, when Coach Altman and then Coach Mack were able to build at Creighton, you know, the interest, the excellence outside of basketball, you know, those are present there. Well, the same things are present here. Uh, and so I knew that I knew that if given the opportunity, I was it, there wasn't going to be much of a negotiation. It was going to be an immediate yes. And that's precisely what they got. High Point basketball coach Alan Haas is joining us on the David Glenn show. He is in a position similar to Hubert Davis at UNC. Dustin Kearns, our recent guest from Appalachian State. These guys are in first place in their respective conferences, roughly halfway through the conference schedule. Uh, and the Panthers actually have a couple of home games this week if you want to head to High Point and see them play. Uh, there are only so many universities where the most important athletics facility is actually named for the university president. Uh, so you mentioned Dr. Kubain. I, I mentioned to you earlier, Coach, that Darren Vaught, voice of the Panthers in basketball, is, is one of my best friends. So I have some familiarity with not only the Cobain Center, where y'all play, but that really cool practice facility right nearby. I am not an expert on mid-major programs and, and who ranks where in facilities, but I've been around long enough to know that it it must be pretty high from the mid-major perspective. But what can you tell us about this guy, Dr. Kubain, who um, I'm originally from the Northeast, Coach, and 20 years ago, I didn't have any friends or relatives traveling all the way to High Point University. But if you fast forward 20 years, there are a lot of people in the Northeast and elsewhere who know a lot about what Dr. Cobain has done to upgrade that university and, and literally put his name on the, the, the building where you play basketball. Yeah, I mean, you, you just have to you have to admire his not only his creativity, but his willingness to just to to step outside the box and 
be different. And, you know, that, that piece of it is so much fun to be a part of. Uh, and anytime you get a chance to sit in a room with them, if you think it's disingenuous, you couldn't be more wrong. I've had a lot of people ask me that because he's so outgoing and, uh, you know, and he's, he's, he's out in front a lot of times, but he's, what you see is what you get. And when you have the opportunity to sit with them, it's really, it's impactful. Like I, I went to a deal the other day uh, where some of the vice presidents uh, of the university were, were meeting and we just, I was able to sit and watch and just listen to his message there. And I stole two of his four points he made that year that day <laughs> and used them on my, used them on my team in the next week. And I think, <laughs> you know, that's very unique when you have that type of opportunity, but the messaging, the God family country deal, and you talk about friends and family and everyone from the Northeast, there's nothing like it, you know, and, and, and people it's, it's, it's simple. We keep the main thing, the main thing, and people like simple, you know, on, you know, kind of just on, uh, on target messaging. And then the idea of, you know, you send your kid to college for, for them to be prepared to go great, get a great job someday, right? Ultimately, that's, you want them to get love education, all those things. But, you know, the fact that we have the life skills that we teach at this university, our students are so much more engaging than anywhere else you see in, in any other students you interact with. I've been, you know, doing this for a long time, but their ability to interact with adults, their ability to act like normal human beings, uh, you know, their, their ability to learn how to be self-advocates, uh, that this university teaches, like, you know, it's, it's, it's truly incredible. And, and I admire the marketing plan of the, the buildings get people here, but ultimately buildings don't make you happy. And then well, buildings don't create outcomes. They just, they do, they make a great visit. The buildings are just such a small part of it. It's really the programming, it's the alignment, and it's the attention to detail from the very top to every classroom. And, you know, I'd like to think that we are an extension of it in men's basketball. As Dr. Cobain has had almost 20 years to build High Point University, you had only a matter of months to build this High Point Panthers basketball team. And I'm just going to mention some things quickly. And at the end, so the listeners and viewers have an idea of what I'm talking about. But at the end, I'm going to ask you how you did this. Because your star guard, Duke Miles, he only played six games last year at Troy University. Another starting guard, Trey Benham played only about 18 minutes a game at Lipscomb last season. Your star forward, Kamani Hamilton, played only seven minutes a game at Mississippi State last season. And your high-scoring sixth man, uh, Keza Giffa, correct me on the pronunciation if necessary, yes. was in junior college last season. So, I mean, I'm sure you're looking at video like everybody else, but it's one thing to see an obvious star who may have been stuck behind another guy at the same position. It's another thing to see guys who played six or eight or whatever minutes a game and envision them as having not just bigger roles, but these guys are your best players. How, how did that come together so quickly in a sport with 13 scholarships where I think 11 of your 13 were new? I don't know. how. I don't have a profound answer for you, unfortunately. You know, I think, I think, the due diligence that my staff was able to, you know, kind of perform on each one of these players and, and another, you know, few hundred that we ended up not getting, or, you know, they made that decision or we did. Yeah. I think that that's probably a huge piece of it. Um, we have some very strict analytical guidelines that we try to follow uh, as we're trying to really recruit efficient players or players we feel like can be efficient within what we do. 
And I would say that's probably, aside from pace, probably the second most important, uh, you know, factor to success in, in our offense is their ability to be efficient. Uh, with that comes just kind of an, uh, an ability to be unselfish or a willingness to be unselfish. So I think the due diligence there, I think that was a huge part of it. I think there was some luck involved on a few of them. Uh, I'd also tell you, though, that we lost, you know, in the fall, we lost Liam McChesney, who was probably our best player uh, for the season, never played a game this season. We lost Steve Barnes, who was probably one of our best two or three players, was the sixth man of the year in the WAC to a waiver situation. Uh, now we've lost Duke for the last three games. And to our guys' credit, I think that they've really um, – their ability to stay poised and stay focused has been unbelievable to this point. Now there's a lot more noise now because we've uh, we've won a few games, and so it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to kind of be poised and block that out and understand that as we move forward, you know, rent is due again every single day. It's not it's not something you purchase and sit on. You you know you've got to you got to pay your rent every single day, and the the only thing that that record is doing for you now is is creating a little bit more urgency in your opponents. So uh, now we can figure out if we if we can you know kind of continue all those traits. We stuck up on some people early. Now are we tough enough and are we are we sound enough? Are we disciplined enough to to execute uh, and to win when people know it's coming and 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 they're and they're ready for us and we're getting their best shot. We're going to get you out of here with what we call our lightning round, where it's just kind of one word or one sentence answers. But one one last bigger question. High Point's been a Division One program for, 50, for uh, 25 years now. No NCAA tournament appearances. From your perspective as the head coach, where, of course, you're trying to stay where your feet are and beat the next opponent, but you sometimes you know have the broader goals as well. Is the NCAA tournament tournament just and that first ever bid for the school something better to leave outsiders to talk about, or is it okay to to use that as some kind of rallying cry in your own locker room? I mean, it's definitely something that uh, you know it's something we talked about prior to the season. We've talked about the level of toughness it's going to take to try to win, uh, you know, try to win three games and and four days, I guess it is, you know, it, it, it's a challenge, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it takes a level of grit, a level of discipline. So it's something we've talked about in broad terms, but we really, you know, like most coaches, we just try to break it down to kind of win in four minute segments and, you know, paying rent and practice every single day. Hey folks, David Glenn here for Organize for Success. I am a better person and a more effective business owner for having known and learned from Emily Parks over many years now. Emily's company, Organize for Success, helps multi-passionate business owners and executives bring harmony to all the layers of their lives, from work to side projects, from friends and family to hobbies, community, and beyond. With Emily's help, you too can make every minute matter. She helps you determine what earns your time and how to efficiently accomplish what matters. One of the many things I love about Emily is that she doesn't impose her will on her clients. She listens to them. That way she can better help them cultivate the lives they want to live. You can set up a complimentary call with Emily today by visiting organizeforsuccess.com. That's organize, F-O-R, success.com. 
All right, our lightning round, Coach. This is brought to us by our friends at XL Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving locally, nationally, or even internationally, and whether you're a residential or commercial customer, please consider our friends at XL Moving and Storage, an award-winning Allied Van Lines agent with 25 years of experience helping North Carolinians with their moving and storage needs. Visit them online at xlms.com. That's E-X-C-E-L-M-S.com. Okay, Coach. We're very proud here in North Carolina that we are famous for both, well, all of the above, our beach houses, our lake houses, and our mountain houses. You haven't been here too long, so it might be an unfair question, but what would be the pecking order be in the Huss family among beach, mountain, and lake house? We love the mountains. Uh, one of the last, I think the last weekend that we had a day off uh, prior to the season, we went and did the uh, Mount Mitchell uh, hike. Cool. Went from the from the base to the top of that, and had a lot of fun. But we we really like mountains in the household. You may have answered this earlier. But we always ask the coaches besides your own sport, what do you follow most closely? It sounds like that's pro football for you. Kansas City Chiefs football for sure, and then followed by St. Louis Cardinals baseball. All time favorite trip outside the United States. Hmm. I've been all over the world. Uh, uh, recruiting basketball players <laughs> basically every continent so um yeah, i think you have about five countries not even counting the united states i think you have five countries represented on your ro roster i really like you know I, I really like eastern europe you know i, I think and you know I, I i would love to you know at some point see a, a basketball game between you know red star and partisan in, in belgrade yeah. but belgrade's one of my favorite cities i love eastern europe Maybe some, maybe one of my trips there. Uh, I really like. I feel like home there because the people are nuts about basketball, and so are so am I. A few favorite bands or musicians. Ooh, I love country music. Um, you know, basically any any country music. Uh, I also like Three Eleven Omaha Band. So, all right, we'll check them out. <laughs> uh, you don't have to hit all of these, but do you have a favorite actor or actress or author or artist? Anything that comes to mind in those? Hmm. I always find I come up with some of my best answers to these questions, like on the drive later that day. You'll yeah. say, I should have told David this. That always happens. You know, I'm a nonfiction reader. Uh, and so and usually something to do with basketball or leadership. But I don't know if I necessarily have. A particular author, but I definitely have a genre, so I'm going to take the easy way out and say that that's that's what I like. I like a great nonfiction book uh, that can add something to life. I'm with you on that. And finally, our main sponsor here at the statewide David Glenn Show is the North Carolina Pork Council. So we come full circle on that. It can be Eastern barbecue or Western barbecue, but do you have? It could be pork or or, or bacon or pork shoulder or anything else. Do you have a favorite pork product? in the Alan Huss diet? I mean, I, just a great pulled pork sandwich is hard to, is really hard to be, but I mean, all the above, D, all the above. <laughs> there's one I don't like. Hey, and since I messed up your birthplace accidentally as I meet you for the first time, where were you born? Cause it's wrong on your Wikipedia page. I was born in Decatur, Illinois. Um, right. My dad worked in the ag business. And so we moved, I lived, uh, I, I've lived there three different times you know, because that's where the headquarters of his company was and then uh, that he worked for and lived in St. Louis for a long time, lived in Kansas City for a long time. Well, make sure your uh, SID gets the 
only undefeated teams in conference play into the game notes, man. There's only nine teams left out of 362. That's pretty darn good. So welcome to North Carolina. Thank you for your extended visit on the David Glenn Show. Uh, please be nice to Darren Vaught, uh, but we're rooting for you and your Panthers the rest of the way. Thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. You got it. Alan Huss of High Point, year one, and it has been a special one so far. Appreciate you as listeners and viewers with us being with us today as well on the David Glenn Show, now heard exclusively on the North Carolina Sports Network.